0: Nine-year-old Joey was asked by his mother what he had learned in Sunday school. Well, Mom, our teacher told us how God sent Moses behind enemy lines on a rescue mission to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. When he got to the Red Sea, he had his engineers build a pontoon bridge and all the people walked across it safely. Then he used his walkie-talkie to radio headquarters for reinforcements. They sent bombers to blow up the bridge, and all the Israelites were saved. Now, Joey, is that really what your teacher taught you? His mother asked. Well, no, Mom, but if I told it in the way the teacher did, you'd never believe it. Have you been able to do much laughing lately? Everyone, everyone I talk with is consumed with the latest news of crisis in America. People are very angry with each other. Arguments are getting pretty heated, even, maybe even more so, the online arguments. Insults and judgments are swirling and sweeping right now. But the poet says, Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. The same poet says, If you want to do something subversive these days, be happy. This morning, like Sarah we're going to laugh, even though we've considered all the facts. Reverend Williams is a respected church leader. He arrived in a large city to deliver a series of sermons. At a banquet the first evening, he noticed some reporters in the audience Because he wanted to use some of the stories he told that night in his sermons the next day, he asked the reporters to omit them from their articles. One article that came out the next day, written by a newbie reporter, concluded with this line, Reverend Williams also told a number of stories that cannot be printed. The coronavirus has been especially brutal on older members of our population. An article published during this season has called out our system that often overlooks our senior citizens. COVID has exposed the frailty inherent in the nursing home culture on a number of different levels. Reports of inadequate staff, a problem apparently for years, likely caused the spread of the virus since sick workers were conflicted about staying home from work and often did not because their facilities were already so understaffed. A large percentage of deaths in our state have been nursing home residents who were particularly vulnerable to the spread of the disease both for health reasons and for crowding reasons. Some families certainly have no choice other than to move their loved one to a nursing home facility. And I am sure that decision is a very difficult one and not made lightly given the circumstances. But we also see nursing facilities full of the neglected elderly who have no visitors and families simply cannot be inconvenienced to care for an aging loved one who requires more help and assistance than in former times. I'm sure our church body is not without these reflections, as many of you have moved into your senior years. Now juxtapose that with the Bible, showing us that it was the seniors who often found favor with God. Noah was 600 years old, When he was called to build the ark. The prophet Anna was 84 when she met baby Jesus in the temple. Moses was 80 when he encountered God in the burning bush. Abraham was 75 years old when God told him to leave his father's house. And that he would be given a land and from him would come a great nation. With that in mind... As we pray for this church and what God will do with us, I say, be careful what you wish for. The last two weeks, as virus restrictions have lessened and summer is upon us, my head is spinning and my sense of order is being threatened. You see, my kids request a summer schedule from me each year, which I started with them several years ago in order to keep my own sanity during my first summer with four children. Summer schedule includes family fun, chores, screen time, reading, and free time, as well as work time for mama. I found myself saying the other day, that I would like to go back to school schedule when everyone is a bit more melancholy about the events of the day. Swimming, movie days, and play dates have made everyone in the house very excited and very loud, and I'm at a loss as to how to tamper them down. My neighbor told me last Sunday how delightful it was to hear all the kids running outside and playing and giggling And I said, well, good, because when they get too loud in my house, I send them outside so I can hear myself think. Katie, can I get an amen? (laughs) (laughs) As much as you all know how much I love my children and quite frankly thrive on the chaos of it all, this is precisely why Sarah laughed. God chose her to be the mother of the Israelite nation The problem? She got this news when she was 89 years old. You know why she laughed at this situation perfectly well. How many of us have heard the stories of those couples trying for years and years to have a baby until finally the Lord opens their hearts for adoption? Oftentimes, they spend months or even years going through the adoption process, and just as things are finalized and that child is on his way to his forever home, the couple finds out they are simultaneously pregnant. They laugh in sheer disbelief. They laugh when they tell the story, and their laughter of skepticism turns into belly laughing of delight when they are tucking into bed that adopted son and rocking to sleep that baby girl. Be careful what you wish for. We know Sarah had long since given up hope of being a mother. God called Abraham 24 years earlier to leave his father's house and that he would be the father of a nation So Sarah's hopes had all but dwindled into mourning. Even Abraham, it says in chapter 17 of Genesis, just before our passage today that Dick read, when told by God that he will give Sarah a son, he fell down on his face and laughed and said to himself, can a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Their laughter came from a place of disbelief and skepticism, even in the face of God's herald. It is not without logic that laughter would ensue at the announcement of pregnancy at 89 years old. Laughter or tears, probably, one or the other. We live our days within our framework of the natural world and the way things are. And women just don't have babies at 90 years old. Though I do keep hearing reports of Hollywood celebrities who are bearing children in their 50s. Sarah is envisioning mine and Katie's lives with four children and nonstop caretaking and chasing preschoolers and homework, and she just laughs to herself. What got me laughing when reading this text, and Dick read it perfectly, was when Sarah was overheard laughing by the heavenly messengers and confronted with it. She told a little white lie denying that she had scoffed. And the Lord responds, oh, yes, you did laugh. We want to believe, don't we? In verse 14, it says, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? We want to believe that with God all things are possible. But often it's God doing the things in spite of us that moves us from head knowledge to heart knowledge. But our laughter in the waiting often exposes what we really think. It gives us away immediately. On America's Funniest Home Videos, the camera cuts from the half-eaten pack of Oreos to a kid's face smeared in chocolate. Did you eat the Oreos? Did you eat the Oreos? No. But you have chocolate all over your face and hands. It gives us away immediately. Just like the first line of a book sets the stage for what's about to unfold, so the beginning of the story of the Israelite nation clues us in for what will play out. It's God's saving work within history and within us that is at play Abraham falls on the floor laughing when God says his elderly wife will be with child. Sarah hides her laughter when she overhears their preposterous announcement. If the father and mother of the Israelite nation find the promise of God's saving work outlandish, then maybe we're not too far gone. You've heard me mention my grandmother often to you. I was close to her, and she's the one uh, whose house we now live in. Arlene was not your sweet, doting grandmother that you might imagine. She was small, yet prickly, giving, yet opinionated. She had her ways and thought they were best and thought you should definitely do it her way. She taught me a lot because of that. Nobody was going to tell Erlen what she should do and how she should do it. But she was fiercely loyal and patient. I loved her and all her contradictions. God must have found favor with her in her old age, though none of us really knew it. She definitely would have been the one laughing had the Lord appeared to her with a heavenly announcement, and she certainly would have denied her laughing had she been confronted. I got a phone call about a year after her death. Are you Arlene's granddaughter? Yes, I am. Well, I need to tell you a story about her. My grandmother found out about some kids that had come through their church probably through Vacation Bible School, who were desperately in need of everyday things, food, clothing, school supplies, nurture. She asked her faithful Sunday school class if they could help these kids. No response. She asked others in the church, hey, can we help these kids? No response. But these are kids. They need help. They don't have enough food. They don't have coats that can keep them warm. And so she went to their house again and again and again. She would buy socks on sale and deliver them. She would make them goodie bags and deliver them. She would buy some extra groceries and drive her Chrysler old lady car to the broken down house in the neighborhood where she shouldn't have been and she would deliver them. If the kids weren't outside and no one answered the door, she would leave the deliveries on the front step. She kept saying to the church, these kids need help. And then Arlene died, and the church asked, what happened to those kids? Who's going to take care of those kids? Turns out those kids were terribly neglected and living well below a standard any children should endure. The church started paying attention. Hey, these kids need help. Are you Arlene's granddaughter? I'd like to invite you to the adoption party we're having at the church. These kids, they're all being adopted together by one family. This is all because of your grandmother, and we'd like you to come celebrate with us. These kids are going to be okay because your grandmother wouldn't stop looking after them. It's truly a miracle what has happened. It's all God's work. Your grandmother really should not have been going into that neighborhood all by herself. When I hung up that phone, I'm pretty sure I heard her laughing from heaven. And I laughed again just a few weeks ago when I saw a congratulations graduate sign in front of the church for another little girl who often went without, that she also took under her wing for years to show her the right way to do things. How ordinary our lives to us must seem day after day after day. Buying socks, goodie bags, buying extra groceries, Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? We get to chapter 21 and we read, The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. She had that son, and she named him Isaac, which means he will laugh. Sarah's laughter of disbelief, of skepticism, of mourning at God's promise for her ordinary elderly life turned into belly laughing of delight. God, excuse me, God has brought laughter for me, she said. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. As we sat on Wednesday night and listened to Derek's report of all his good work on the ground in Honduras, you may have been thinking that your silver hair has pushed you past the time of usefulness. But God thinks otherwise. In fact, God shows us the exact opposite in Scripture. If you find yourself laughing at such a preposterous claim, then go ahead. Do your laughing. It's the best medicine after all. But don't be surprised if you turn around one day And we're all laughing with you, doubled over in delight at the saving work of God in your seemingly ordinary mundane life. In God's economy, age is no laughing matter.